Funding for WBUR comes from MathWorks, creators of MATLAB and Simulink software, accelerating the pace of engineering and science. Learn more at MathWorks.com. This is All Things Considered. I'm Lisa Mullins. Monday marks the 100th anniversary of the dedication of one of the most visited national monuments in the U.S. The Lincoln Memorial was built to honor the 16th president and Abraham Lincoln's reunifying the North and South after the Civil War. Over the past century, the Lincoln Memorial has been the national backdrop for several landmark events in the struggle for civil rights. In 1939, Marian Anderson became the first African-American woman to perform on the steps of the memorial. In 1963, an estimated crowd of 250,000 people heard Martin Luther King Jr. deliver his most famous speech at the memorial. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. The power of the Lincoln Memorial comes from the neoclassical grand edifice, but mostly from the 19-foot-high marble statue of Lincoln inside. It was created by the artist known as a champion of American sculpture, Daniel Chester French, who lived and worked at Chesterwood in the Berkshires. French's biographer is Harold Holzer. He says the sculpture shows Lincoln sitting, but not in repose, instead almost in motion. Well, he wanted there to be torsion in the statue from the little he said about it. And I must um, caution, as he did, that he didn't like to talk about his work. He said the, the art should speak for itself. But clearly, it's Lincoln surveying the National Mall, the capital that he literally saved from being destroyed. But he seems ready to rise because of the extension, I think, of the right leg, the gripping of the arms of the chair as if he is about to haul himself out and bestride the country as he once did. And for anyone who's visited it, if you're standing by that leg, by the foot, it's impressive and a little daunting. It is. As as French said, it's a big foot, isn't it? It's a big foot. You kind of want to get out of the way. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, he was pretty careful about the measurements. Um, The images from which he worked were the very best. Um, He purchased a reproduction of a life mask that had been made of Lincoln shortly before he won the Republican presidential nomination. Can you describe what a life mask is? A life mask is um, a mold of the face. Lincoln was kind of surprised at the process. The sculptor put two straws in his nose and covered his face with plaster. And then after it dried, asked him to take it off and it pulled the hairs out of his temples and he it brought tears to his eyes and he he remembered the process as anything but agreeable <laughs> but what results from it is a perfect cast and you pour plaster into it and then you make a positive so-called life mask so does that mean that that what we see of lincoln's face in the lincoln memorial is an exact replica the measurements of the eyes the nose the mouth those crucial things that sculptors try to quantify and and reproduce and enlarge, those are accurate. But the expression of the eyes, the tilt of the head, and the hair are all French's invention and his interpretation. And what else is 
pretty genuine to Lincoln about the statue and what is more French's imagination at work? Well, French worked very hard on Lincoln's hands for the statue. He once said that when he made a statue, the hands were almost as important as the face. And he used casts of Lincoln's hands that had been made the day after his nomination to the presidency. They cast his hands too? Yes. The same sculptor who did the face came back a couple of months later and did his hands. But French looked at the clenched right hand. Now, Lincoln had clung to a broom handle for the casting because he had shaken so many hands the night before, well-wishers congratulating him on his nomination, that it was swollen by the time the sculptor arrived. And the sculptor said, you know, something like, oh dear, you'd better grasp something because it won't look right. So he, he grasped the broom handle. So most statues of Lincoln that you see have this clenched right hand. Well, French would not use that. He said Abraham Lincoln would have a more open right hand as if he was about to rise to greet someone. He would never be closed off from his constituents. And I think that was a brilliant riff on those casts. And that's what he created in, in Lincoln's kind of open left hand. Exactly. Yeah. I had thought I had heard on a tour of Chesterwood many years ago, Daniel Chester French used his own hand as a model for one of Lincoln's? French made casts of his own hands to supplement Lincoln's hands. And in the end, the hands on the memorial are a combination of his and Lincoln's. French had delicate, beautiful hands, and Lincoln had massive rail splitters' hands. So the final result is sort of a combination. Well, that's a nice tribute to the sculptor on behalf of himself. Um, I guess he's entitled to do that. And then there's something else that has to do with people reading sign language into the position of his hands. Yeah, this is one of the great stories that the right and left hand spell out, respectively, the letters A-L, Lincoln's initials, right? But there's no evidence, at least I found no evidence, that he he intended a subliminal message. It's just a sort of an accident. Harold Holzer, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Harold Holzer is director of Hunter College's Roosevelt House Public Policy Institute. His biography of sculptor Daniel Chester French is called Monument Man. By the way, long before French conceived of the seated Lincoln sculpture, he crafted his first statue. It, too, became iconic, the Conquered Minuteman, the citizen soldier of the Revolutionary War who set down his plow to pick up a musket. You can find more on Daniel Chester French and his studio and gardens at WBUR.org.